Hello, hello, and welcome to the next episode of Talking Sports and Stuff and Things with Chuck. I am your host, ironically, Chuck, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only, the infamous John Billick. John, how are we this evening? Good evening, Chuckles. Uh, Doing well this evening. Just getting by one day at a time. How's it going up there? Not too bad at all. Just uh, trying to keep our music theme going with our uh, Corona. uh... Another great choice. Yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, try to keep things light over here, but... Uh, <laughs> it's working. I hope it... Well, it is here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, things are going okay up here. Um, you know, uh, might as well, you know, just, just get this out of the way, our uh, coronavirus uh, update, uh, before we start moving on to bigger and better things. But we might as well talk about it just to get it off, done off the rip. But yeah, I mean, I'm surviving, uh, been hunkered down at home, uh, the lovely and talented uh, Jen and myself have basically not left the house. We've gone on a couple of walks, but we were just by ourselves. Other than that, we have been in the house locked down. Um, I would say uh, one of the funniest things that I think now that I just realized as I was looking over my food supply that is slowly dwindling. Um, <laughs> we all knew that was coming. Yeah. I mean, it's very tough being trapped in the house, knowing that there's food here. Um, and, One thing I thought was funny that like I remember being at the store and looking at things going, okay, let me buy some things that, you know, look, let's just say I'm told I can't leave my house for X amount of time, that it'll still be around in one, two, three weeks, a month, whatever. So, you know, things like pasta, that sort of thing. So one thing was like, oh, yeah, look at these boxes of macaroni and cheese. I mean, those will last. I'm just going to buy those just in case we need them. But then what has happened over the last week is I have just eaten them because I have zero (laughs) (laughs) self-control. I... I made a family-sized box of macaroni and cheese. Um, oh, man. This was on, I think, maybe Saturday. might have been Saturday of last week. I think something like that. I made a family-sized box of macaroni and cheese. So I think it says on the box that it serves six and it, or and something of that nature. Anyway, I ate the whole box in two bowls. I don't know how else to put that. <laughs> uh, Jen did not have a noodle. So uh, that was that was all on me. So... I'm not totally following the rules as I see them to have supposed to have been laid out there. But other than that, doing okay, just trying to, like you said, keep myself entertained, trying to do some work here and there uh, when the moment arises. Other than that, just trying not to eat myself out of my pants. So, uh, yeah, the key there is the the key there is, is you got to think about it while you're going through it. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, so the, uh, this evening I, I did some grilling, uh, cause it was nice out down here. Just threw on a couple burgers, a couple brats just to, you know, cook some, like if I was just going to fire up the grill, I'm going to cook some things right to, sure. to kind of hold me over. I can heat up for lunch or something like that in the next couple days. Um, I ate the, ate everything I cooked <laughs> and, and now I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know, that just means I'm going to have to go back to the store in a matter of a week. Right. So, so that's kind of the, the thought process, just to just from my point of view, when you're getting ready to eat that second helping <laughs> of, of a family sized mac and cheese, yeah, maybe maybe sit there and think, is this going to be worth it compared to going to the store under the circumstances? 
No, that's, that's and that's totally fair. <laughs> so, but but yeah, other, that that was probably the the first time I've made that mistake. I've I'm, I've been pretty solid about it um, here in North Carolina, kind of like what what you guys went through a little earlier than we did, um, well at least in Mecklenburg County where where Charlotte is. Um, we're under a stay at home advisory and that came out officially as of this morning. It, the, the news was released about two days ago. Um, like in the middle of the day, our, our, uh, uh, government said, Hey, we're going to put it on Thursday morning at 8 AM. And I made the, I had to, I, I sat there and kind of struggled over it for about 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, if I don't go to the store now, I'm probably not going to get food. <laughs> because this news just broke. Yep. I, Everyone's I going to lose their collective minds. So I'm fortunate enough to, to be right around the corner from a grocery store. So I, uh, I hopped in the car, rode around. And, and even then, I got to the grocery store, and, and a lot of food was, was pretty uh, spoken for. Oh, I'm um, sure of that. But, but I also made one of these trips about a week ago. So this was sort of just a, a precautionary measure, and, and I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm going to be fine for the foreseeable future. Knock on wood. Okay. But, um, it's, it's not exactly uh, the, the, the best of circumstances, but we're, get, we're getting by. Right. Agreed. I mean, uh, I just think if everyone can remain calm, you know, we'll, we'll keep pushing through. But Thing, Things could be way worse, you know, and that's kind of the, the perspective that you have to maintain. It's, is, as long as we're the ones staying in our houses, you know, we're going to be able to protect ourselves and our loved ones, and, and hopefully that they're maintaining that as well. Correct. All right, good. Well, that being our coronavirus update, let's uh, table that and move on to uh, happier subjects, if Please. you will. Um, yeah, so uh, anyway, enough of that. So um, moving on to uh, – I'd love to move on to sports talk. I mean, that would be awesome. But uh, here we are, what feels like day one million without sports. Um, well, well, I'll chime in on that. I am uh, i don't know if I texted this to you guys yet, but um, while I was – is get the the you know eight hundred pound gorilla out of the way or however the the saying goes. I okay. just drew, I just drew a blank there. The um, elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. The the eight hundred pound gorilla. Whatever. Um, the eight hundred pound elephant, which would be a very small elephant. Um, <laughs> I uh, today's supposed to be opening day for for Major League Baseball, and as of 12 hours ago, we should have been on our way downtown uh, to get ready for the Indians game. So it's a little uncomfortable that we're, we're where we are at this moment in time. Um, but in light of that, I decided to throw on an Indians game uh, going on YouTube. Just you could type in Cleveland Indians full game. And the first result that popped up was game one of the 2016 World Series. Oh, good Lord. So I texted a friend. I said, hey, this is what I found. Should I watch it? And he said, I don't see why not. So I started watching it, and I started getting super excited. Like, imagine how excited we were when this was live, and we didn't know the result. And, and it's just been for the last couple hours. I've just been, like, living every pitch like it's a live game. And it's, <laughs> it's not healthy, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, I could argue that maybe it is. I don't I'm, know. I'm... Yeah, this this is a lot of fun to watch, and 
it's uncomfortable that that this the circumstances we're in, but I'm having a blast with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now speaking of, and I'll just just to divert this real quick, just to, like you said, sure. we're missing sports, but I want to come back to the Indians. But just sidebar real quick, I don't know if I mentioned did I mention that I got hooked on uh, a Tetris tournament that <laughs> was on know. television. No, there's Tetris. Dude, it was amazing. All right. I was locked and loaded in this thing. Like the kid who won, if they sold jerseys for Tetris players, I'd have his. It was amazing. <laughs> it was, I, I just, you know, it was on, you know, ESPN does that ESPN Diocho. Yeah. Where they play all these obscure sports. Well, this would fit right in. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call it a sport, but a competition nonetheless. And it was a tournament, a Tetris tournament. Now, this is held yearly because. They, the defending champion was still in the mix. So it must have happened <laughs> previously because there was a defending champion. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what, it was fabulous, dude. I was, I mean, me and Jen are on the couch. I'm literally like reaction, like as if there's a base hit. Like I'm like, oh, look at that. Oh, he got it in there. Oh, turn that thing. <laughs> switch it, switch it. It was ridiculous. That's how desperate I am for to watch sports competition, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I got to give them credit, uh, ESPN, that is, for coming up with this stuff because, man, I was so locked into that Tetris tournament that I'm not even embarrassed to say it. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. That's where we're at. Um, That is where we're at. One of the things I've seen on Instagram, um, one of the the hosts of uh, Barstool Show is doing, um, you know, those little magnetic sports kind of machines that that they made back in like, the, in the like 80s like the football like the football they so, had or yeah so so he's got one that's a uh, uh horse track yes and it's got four little horses they look like they might be an inch tall sure of course and you just you just hook it up to a power source and 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 he he just presses the power a certain amount to get him to move and <laughs> as they go around the track he's doing live live races <laughs> and he's <laughs> It's just it, – it's uh, – another one I saw was uh, uh, marble racing. Oh, I saw the marble racing. Oh, God. Like, I, it was I actually exciting. Enough, I haven't watched enough of it yet, but it, it looks exhilarating. <laughs> well, and I got a text message uh, out of the blue last night from a long, long-time friend, known her since high school days. Uh, we don't talk all the time anymore. They live like an hour and a half away, but – uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know where she sends me a text message and says, Hey, I thought of you when I read this. And, uh, what the picture said was, I know there's no sports, but if you dump a bag of Skittles into the toilet, squint really hard and flush it, it looks like a NASCAR race. <laughs> so, Did you go get a bag of Skittles? Yeah. I mean, luck, next trip to the store, Skittles are on the list. So, well, you got to get a uh, second bag just to make sure that you can have something to eat. Oh yeah. Cause I'm definitely going to want some. Uh, of, of the skittles but yeah that's where we're at with no sports and uh, I, but any let's jump before i jump the gun to another topic let's go back to uh, opening day um yeah i brought this up so uh shameless plug but i was on uh the two green browns podcast today with john and neil from ireland which you guys will see i shared it on facebook i also retweeted it at chuck go browns um go check those guys out uh, they're awesome. They really know their stuff. It's Neil is just a wizard when it comes to knowing these numbers of things. Uh, I was kind of looking at him going cross-eyed uh, when he was just breaking down the uh, contract restructuring 
of uh, Chris Hubbard. I was like, holy smoke. But I had uh, that on the agenda tomorrow. I was listening to the beginning of it today, and then I had a meeting. So please forgive me for for not being <laughs> well, able to, to tune in today. But it was um, it's it's good, great information, man. I mean, it's absolutely good. Uh, tremendous. They're good. But, it's a it's a great show. I listen to it pretty regularly, and yeah, tremendous. And, and they're, they're 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 smarter than we are. I can tell you that. There's no doubt about it. So anyone listen, if you need. If you want to listen to some good Browns talk, man, uh, again, just go to my Facebook page or go to my Twitter, whatever you'll, uh, you'll see there where I shared their link. The guys are awesome. Subscribe to them. Give them a listen. But, uh, we brought it up on there anyway, about, you know, here we are, as you just mentioned, it's supposed to be opening day. I saw you had the grill out. You cooked your burgers and your dogs, you know, your brats, uh, as if we were there, like you said, we, we should be by now, uh, celebrating the win that was over like four hours ago and, We'd be downtown raging, and it'd be amazing. And the thing that was just the kicker, the cherry on top was, how many years have we been waiting for good weather for this day? Way too many. I mean, years. We had just had years and years of bundled up to the hilt, gloves, sweatshirts, hoods, hats. Uh, Heck, even game getting postponed due to cold and snow and all that mess. And today, it was 60 degrees and sunny all afternoon. All afternoon. It's raining out right now, but who cares? We would have had an absolute rain-free, sunny baseball day. And not only that, but all morning leading up to it, we would have been outside at our at our tailgate parties and parking lot parties and all the stuff that we love to do. It would have been absolutely mwah, picture perfect. Yep. Yet, yet I'm watching J- Jason Kipnis hit walk-off grand slams for 20 times in a row uh, <laughs> just to keep myself somewhat sane because I was pretty bitter. I'm not going to lie. Super bitter this morning. Yeah. And, and historically speaking, I mean, we've been doing this with between you, me and, and Jen, we've been obnoxiously and, and just, just constantly monitoring any forecast for any event that we planned out several weeks in advance. And I've been watching the AccuWeather for, for weeks now for, for since, Oh God, absolutely. And it's, it's been so, up and down the entire time and then once it started to like get within a few weeks of like all right this is probably going to be pretty accurate i'm like all right this is gonna be great and that's when sort of the hammer fell yep so i'm like all right well there's no point in looking anymore and then i get a text message this morning from a buddy that said it's gonna be beautiful here today yeah and i get a text from my sister that says it's gonna be really nice here today and I get a text message from you that says it's really nice here today. And I'm like, the, the, the. I, it, it's just the ultimate, like, I'm on the ground and I'm knocked out and then you still just kick me right in the throat. Well, that's why I'm th- like this. This whole thing just feels like a big practical joke, right? <laughs> it has to like, be. Like, I hate to, I hate to, like, you know, knock this thing down and, and, and. Because I, ha- you have to respect it, right? It, what, whatever it's done across the globe, it's it's had a very significant impact, and I don't want to make light of it, obviously. But right, but man, like it all just feels like there's just so many things that that we're looking forward to are just getting knocked to the side, as if it's like the whole adage of of you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, <laughs> you know? Because now it's it's it's, and I again, I'm trying to I'm trying to not go down the wrong path but no but yeah. I hear you. but yeah that's just another another kick to the face is 
a beautiful day in Cleveland in late March is very rare. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it's going to be uh, next week, like by Wednesday, it's going to be a high of 40 here again. Remember how, how much we complained about opening day being on March 26th? Yep. We were Man. so mad about that. And here we are, but. Yeah, and here we are, to say the least. But we can't, I can't dwell on it. I mean, it's, it's here now, it's gone. Uh, I guess that's almost better because just leading up to this was uh, torture enough. It's over with. It's, it obviously didn't happen. We don't know if and when it is going to happen. Uh, I don't even care to venture into that conversation because it doesn't matter because we don't know anything. So nope, it's just no point. So we will we will wait that out, and um, I'll continue to watch. You know, Frank Cisco Lindor hit grand slam home runs off of the foul pole, and. So on and so forth. So, so I gotta say, like this game one is it, it's it's incredibly exciting. Like, and in for for those that didn't really you know watch or care back in 2016, um, game one of the World Series in Cleveland, uh, the Indians won six to nothing. Um, Corey Kluber was just a monster, lights out. And and I'm watching this, and, and we've already covered this on the show many times. Um, he's my favorite Indian arguably of all time and watching him the way he pitched for the early parts of this game so far, it's, it's in the fifth right now as I'm watching this Um, it's three to nothing. Uh, Corey Kluber was just, it was just, it it was pure, like the the best pitching I might've ever seen, or at least been able to appreciate, you know, my entire life. And I'm watching this, like he's, he struck out the side in the second inning and he just walks off the mound as if it's just like a, a walk in the park. Like the crowd's going bananas. Like Cleveland's exploding at this point in time. The Indians are already up. Corey Kluber's striking out every batter. And, and <laughs> we were going bananas. And he's walking off the mound like it's just, I, I, I'm going to get the newspaper. <laughs> like doesn't look like he has a pulse. And, that, and that's why he's one of my favorite players in sports history. Like, just that kind of mentality is like, I know I'm the best person on this field right now. And I'm not, I, I don't need to react to it. I'm, I'm good. You get, you're just going to have to watch me be good. Um, yeah. And you're and, still not going to be able to hit this ball. Exactly. Way. And that's the other thing I wanted to mention. I texted it to you as like a little teaser. So um, we've heard since this, and I don't want to go too far down this path either. It's just, it's something I thought was funny. I wanted to bring up um, since the, this time, We've heard a lot from a, a Cleveland uh, radio host who's been who was very quick to say, you know, he was never a good big game pitcher. He was never a good playoff pitcher, this and that, and and, and everything like that. And very quick to say it, and wondering when he's going to get traded, when he's going to get traded. Well, he got would that traded. be that would probably be Aaron Goldhammer, right? You would be correct. Um, uh, we can absolutely use his name. I have no problem with dragging that through the mud. Go on. Fair enough. So. Uh, this is something I completely forgot, but Corey Kluber is the first player in major league history. And this is back in 2016. So, you know, I don't know if it's happened since then. I certainly don't recall it since then, but first player in major league history to strike out eight of the first nine hitters in a world series game. You want to talk about not being a big game pitcher. <laughs> That's as big as it possibly gets. Like eight of the first, and I think he struck out nine of the first 12 in game one of the world's in the, his very first world series appearance of his life. So, I mean that like 
we understand that he didn't that, that game seven didn't go well, but he also was dominant in game four. So I mean, I'm going to die on this hill that if the Indians had won the World Series, regardless of what Corey Kluber's stat line looked like in Game Seven, he was the World Series MVP. Oh, there's you don't you don't have to die alone on that hill. So I, I'll die on that hill forever. And and the fact that someone in in Cleveland media can go out and say he's never been a big game pitcher and he always choked in the playoffs, I have some some uh, some thoughts on that that. Can, and I can back that up, certainly, especially by watching this tonight, because I'm i fired up and I hate that Corey <laughs> Kluber is not my pitcher. Yeah, I, I hate it as well. I uh, and But I'm glad that you just brought that up, because I have a note right here uh, that's something I wanted to bring up. So awesome segue. Good sure. job out of you. Not Thanks. even on purpose. That's a good, good job, job out of you, because I don't even know where this is going. So I, I had a question I wanted to ask of you and, and kind of, I guess, to everyone who listens, but uh, get your input. So my sure. question is. Am I doing this show or the listeners? I guess that would be the people inclined to know. Like, am I doing you and the listeners of this show a disservice by currently not listening to sports talk radio because I can't handle it? No, not at all. I I can't handle the negativity, one. And the reason why I guess I say I can't handle the negativity is because – for the most part, I can't handle the made-up negativity, the the stuff that people in, you know, I hate saying media because then when you do listen to radio, they say things like, oh, everyone out there wants to blame the big bad media. So I, I hate using the term because I don't want to give, I don't like giving anybody any ammo. But it's not that it's the big bad media. I think it looks more like the silly, ridiculous media. Sure. Because, I mean, you have one of the most – Tenured Browns, I don't want to call him. I'll just say, I don't know what you want to call Tony Grossi. I don't know what he is. I don't really know what the guy's job is anymore. But he's been covering the Browns, for lack of a better way to put that, for a million years. And the guy comes out with a story, like, basically questioning if we should re-sign Miles Garrett because we need to make sure he's still good. Like, I understand the guy got suspended, but did both of his legs fall off while he was suspended or something? Like, what would all of a sudden make him not good? So that is just the tip of the iceberg is what I'm talking about. When basically I understand you have to fill four hours. I get all that. I I totally get it. Um, We get on here and shoot the stuff for like an hour or or less and and we're on our way. But even if I had to fill four hours, I feel like I could do it without coming up with takes like, is Miles Garrett good at football? Or is Case Keenum going to battle Baker Mayfield for the starting quarterback position, which I sent you that link today where Case Keenum, basically, I felt like I was being channeled through Case Keenum. <laughs> it was good. As, as he called out Mary Kay and just said to her, you're coming up with these questions and these stories to get the, you know, the, the fan base riled up. That's the new, uh, are you Tony from uh, yeah. Greg, Greg Williams' introductory presser. Yeah, are you Tony? Are you Tony? Uh, what's your name? Uh, Mary Kay. Yeah. So that's, that's I, the, are you, yeah, there you go. So I can't handle the, the as I've always called it, the term that I, I think I made it up. I don't know. I'm sure it's been used, but I call it reaction radio. I just can't I like handle it. coming up with stuff to say just to get reaction. I mean, Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd have been doing it forever. I mean, and they're millionaires because of it. So maybe I'm just barking up the wrong tree. I don't know. But I just can't get down that way. So I just had to put it. I wanted to feel you out like. And you already said no, but so that's good to hear. But 
So you just don't think I have to waste my time with that, uh, just stuff that I don't like. Yeah, to, well, to answer the question first before I, I, I get to a point on it, um, yeah, you're, you're not doing anybody a disservice by not in, – in fact, I think you're actually – you're, you're paying as much as a, as much attention to everything that you need to in order to talk about sports. Like you're not going to fall behind on sports because you're not listening to sports talk radio. Um, because again, a lot of that is, is just filler. It's just them creating it's manufactured drama to fill four hours worth of, of, of material. So in, in that, those four hours for whichever show you want to talk about, there, because there are a couple of them. I bet sure. about I bet about an hour of it is actual substantive stuff. So the other three hours is them responding to phone calls or emails or tweets or texts or whatever, and then stirring up more of those phone calls, those tweets, those <laughs> emails. So so they're able to it's 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 a it's a rolling process. So they're able to fill three of their four hours by just feeding off of that. So. If, if you don't want to deal with the BS of that, then you're not going to hurt anybody. You're probably going to make your day better, frankly. <laughs> well, I, I think that that's the thing. One, it, it, you, you hit the nail on the head, was I usually did listen every day uh, because, yeah, I just felt like I, I, I can't, I'm going to miss out on something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss this or like fall behind is probably a good way to put it, uh, as you put it. That's what I, but I, I've debunked my own thought process because since I've been stranded at home, I have essentially not even listened. I've turned it on. I bet I'd be shocked if I've listened to 30 minutes of sports talk radio in the past two weeks. And I usually listen for however many hours a day. So uh, I have totally proved the fact that especially when I just have the ability to access social media, basically at will whenever I want, because I'm not at work or I'm not driving in my car to and from work or to and from clients or what have you. Uh, I, I, you're right. I'm, I'm up on it. Uh, yeah. And you know, though, and you know the sources that you trust. Right. So you, it's, so you're not at the liberty of whichever radio station is, is bringing on whatever guest on a side note, this is just complete tangent. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot that um, the first night of the NBA season was the same night as game one of the world series. And they just showed the ring ceremony for the Cavs. Oh, and I just got chills. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm fired up. Um, but I'll get back. I'll get back on the subject. Um, the other thing is, is, and I'm glad you mentioned this kind of stuff because I texted you the other morning when I was listening to 92.3 and an actual conversation snippet that I'd heard, like it couldn't have been 30 seconds into turning on the show. And I was just getting ready. Like I, like I throw it on and I hop in the shower. Like that's, sure. I, I haven't, I'm just listening to it and, and you know, just carrying on with getting ready for the day. And, and this conversation it was basically like, a. I made a comment. One host made a comment to, to stir up drama. The other host said they didn't agree. Then it goes back to the first guy and says something where he feels like he got caught kind of making something up. <laughs> it just, and then the other guy's like, wait, I'm, I'm confused. And then the other guy just says, uh, or, uh, and then just kind of moves on. So it's, it's, you can tell when it's manufactured stuff and you can tell when it's legit. And 
unfortunately we've been listening to Cleveland sports for long enough that it's like most of it now is manufactured. So we, we know we have the ability to pick and choose who we get our news from, who we get our information from. A lot of times it's, it's not as, as good, but you know, we, we understand who's the, the reliable sources around town now. And, and that's kind of a, a sad state of affairs in a sense, but also the, <laughs> the other point I wanted to make on that is that, I was worried, you know, from early on when I was hopping on these calls with you, it's like, you know, I don't want to turn into the curmudgeon hour or the the get off my lawn (laughs) hour. And if we eliminate listening to sports talk radio, we're not going to bring it up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. So we're going to have a lot more lighthearted topics to cover. And, and, you know, like we've mentioned in the last one is I'll be back in, in Cleveland in the not too distant future. And I've got plenty of ideas for us that are sports related. Now, oh, I'm hope- it's going to be epic. Hopefully by then sports will be back in our lives and we'll have uh, news and information and stuff to, to talk about on, on a more regular basis. But we also have stuff that we don't have to complain about. <laughs> we've yeah, got, fun, we've got yeah, fun correct. things that are coming and that, that it's just a matter of us being in the same room to, yeah, to, same to get area the, code. Yeah. Well, that to start and then, you know. <laughs> After that, we'll, we'll, we'll get the ball rolling on, on some fun things and hopefully get, yeah. get people excited and get more people to pay attention. Yeah, I, I agree. I can't wait for that. And I know we keep touching on it almost every episode, but I think that's how we're both just kind of, you know, kind of drooling a little bit at the thought process of all this cool stuff that, you know, basically stuff that we do anyway. We've just never thought of, you know, recording ourselves doing it for other people to enjoy. Right. Guess, but... right. <laughs> we got to keep our, our heads on straight a little bit, but. Yeah, that's okay. Can't that's can't, okay. can't let it go off the tracks too much the way the right. way it normally goes. But yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting. That's just when we hit the edit button and turn the cameras off. But, Fair point. Uh, uh, something else too. I jotted this down as you were talking. Uh, bringing back to watching recorded sports. Uh, so I, I mean, again, I have been doing that off and on, especially uh, you know if I'm sitting there flipping through the TV and and nothing's on. But then I come, you know, ESPN is you know running some old games or what have you. So anyway, long story short, I, I was watching. Um, it was an old college football game. I'm trying to think of the teams, and it's irrelevant. But I want to say it was Georgia against somebody. Uh, and something that I love, I love. So you know, you always have the. It happens every time you get the uh, gratuitous camera guy right in the cheerleader's face, right? Like. <laughs> right before commercial or right coming back from commercial or as they're reading a little, you know, a little commercial in the background, what have you, you got the cheerleaders, use like three of them and they're all right up to the camera, you know, yelling at it. One of my favorite things about that is that when the cheerleaders, so let's just use Georgia as the example, because that's who I'm pretty sure it was in this uh, particular clip. But I love that a cheerleader goes through every option of what their team is called as they're cheering. So like to give an example, the cheer be like, all right, bulldogs, here we go, Georgia. Let's go red and black. Here we go, dogs. Let's go, G. Come on, Georgia. So I love that, like, however many different ways you can refer to your college, they just cycle right through them. Like, I mean, they don't skip a beat. And I just love it. I absolutely love that part of the cheerleaders. Like, I mean, they know every option. Well, that's part of the job, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You need to know everything you can call this school if something good happens. Be photogenic. And I had to just, yes, be photogenic and be able to just make sure you can repeat 
every single thing that the school is called. And look, I mean, yeah. it's a good job out of them. There's no question. It's See, a good that's job another, out of them. and love, that's but, another beautiful and, thing about how I mean, it's something new we can gather from not having live sports is we we can start uh, nitpicking the little things that that we've just overlooked over the years. <laughs> That's right. They like deserve I'm more, credit. I'm paying more attention they to the broadcasters. Like, like what kind of what kind of stuff are they talking about? That's pure nonsense. When my my mind is so focused on every pitch that I'm I'm barely listening. Yeah. Right. Which and we also I think need to get a memo out to like Jim Donovan, uh, who uh, does the Browns radio play by play for those who don't know, and then also uh, Tom Hamilton, who does the same for the Indians. Uh, I think we need to get memos out to them to start making videos of them doing play-by-play of just, you know, everyday oh, so real-life videos. I'm really glad you like, mentioned that because uh, I heard one the other day. And I don't know if you were going there with this. Was it the, no, was it the dogs? No, it was, was Joe it the Buck. Dog one? Not one of our okay. favorites, but it, it was Joe yeah, Buck. but still. Um, commenting on his wife trying to feed their son. And his, their son was just not having it. it was, that sounds like, amazing I don't already. Want to, like screw it up and 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 you know not do it justice. But it was fantastic to hear Joe because he's just trying to keep his game strong. He's practicing. He's supposed to be in spring training right now, <laughs> and it, it it was brilliant. Like like Joe, like I said, Joe Buck's not our favorite, but he's not like he's he has this job for a reason. You know he's. Yeah, yeah, he's not. And, the worst. and listening to him talk about the art, like apparently, like I don't know how old their child is. It it sounds like it was like three or four, um, but having them argue about what to eat, <laughs> just like if, if if anyone can find it, it's 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 magnificent. Like I, I highly recommend. <laughs> well, I will uh, again. That's you. where we're at. I will definitely. <laughs> Yeah, that's where we're at. You're right. I mean, I'll find that. I mean, I've already every single I can't believe I haven't seen it. I guess you really caught me off guard because I can't believe with the amount of social media I have. I want to say I want to say I heard it on Cleveland Browns Daily, but I could be wrong. That so backtracking a moment. That's the only um, live Cleveland sports radio show I've listened to in the last couple of weeks, if I'm being honest. Um, Nathan and Bo are pretty solid and 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 they're they're a lot of fun because they'll they'll talk the exact same way we're talking like like the way that they talk about the food that they cook for their families is like it's electric and <laughs> and it's like it's like man like I, I, can't, I could go for that right now and it's it's just it's fascinating that these two guys are getting paid to talk about Cleveland Browns football and and they're able to fill those two hours and, and have these little snippets of real life conversations in there that are just hilarious and yeah it's 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 good radio. So to that, you know, we can chalk up to, yeah. uh, to some good stuff. And Jose Ramirez is now three for three. So this is exciting. Gosh, I I just hate that I'm going to end up watching that game it's now a, before I go it, to sleep. It, the broadcast like, is four hours long. You're not going to watch it. Oh my gosh! Uh, don't don't challenge me to things like that because then <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> but. Uh, the fact that you brought up that the Cavs ring ceremony was on just leads me to, um, I don't know if I've done it the last couple episodes we've made, so I need to take this little pause and time out of our podcast just to remind the people that the Golden State Warriors blew a 3-1 lead uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers 
uh, when they were uh, 73 win team. 73, 73 is that right? 73 and nine with the first ever unanimous MVP, and they lost to LeBron James in the Cavs. I, I just saw, I saw proof of it just a moment ago. Yeah. So, anyway, back to our regular <laughs> schedule program. Uh, so, uh, touching just a little bit, we'll, we'll backtrack for a minute here, touch a little bit on, on some Browns news, uh, so to speak, uh, as I kind of hinted uh, as I was on the uh, Two Green Browns podcast today. Uh, you know, Chris Hubbard redid his yeah, I didn't know with that. the Browns. That's good to know, so, I think. Yeah, he's, it's saving the Browns like $5 million bucks in uh, cap space, which, because as we've talked before, all of a sudden everybody loves cap space. So for everyone who gets excited about having more cap space, even though we already have an abundance, hey, we got $5 million more dollars. But uh, a question I have for you is like, wh- what do you make of the fact of our, our defensive free agent signings at this point are slim, you know, not extremely – exciting kind of lackluster but yet there's still names out there like griffin is still out there and you know supposedly anthony harris from the vikings can still be had and Clowney is still out there uh, so on and so forth like uh i guess to in sh- in the short of it like uh do you think anything more is going to happen in the free well, agency the, side the, the, the names you just listed um the, those are the premier names on the market from my knowledge of the situation um, and they're going to take a premier dollar to get. And I think the first chip that needs to fall with respect to those names would be um, our own guy, Olivier Vernon. And as of today, as I, you, you please correct me if I'm wrong, he is still a member of the Cleveland Browns. And he's due, yeah, he's and he's due that still there and- million dollars, I believe, this upcoming season. And it's been That's widely right. reported that they're they're they want to keep them. They want him on the team, but they would prefer that he take a, a pay cut or at least re- restructured contract. But they're not saying he has to. So so literally every right. option is on the table. It's not like a we like the the situation with Todd Gurley where it's like we have to trade him or we have to cut him. It's 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 one or the other because we cannot afford to keep him. Um, for Olivier Vernon, we have every option in our possession. So that's comforting to know because I do like Vernon. I do think he's, he's a good piece to have on the other side of the line from Garrett. Um, so I think that's the first chip that needs to fall is, are they going to hang on to him? Um, are they going to be able to restructure? Because if they're able to hang on to him and restructure his contract, then I can see them making a legitimate push to get an Anthony Harris or – um, probably not Clowney at that point, but um, maybe maybe someone else in the secondary or, or a linebacker that's that's kind of on the higher priced market at this point. Um, so I can see that happening completely. But also, if they decide like they have a real chance at Jadeveon Clowney, they're going to have to pay. So that's probably the situation where they would make a move to cut Vernon and then make a pitch to get, or if they have an agreement to get Clowney, then the, you know, follow-up piece is going to be cutting Vernon. Um, Or similar thing with if they get Harris, right? So I think what they decide to do with Vernon is going to be the the first domino, so to speak. Um, After that, I think that they're just going to be very careful and meticulous with this thing because a lot of these one-year deals, kind of like we mentioned last time, it's, 
a lot of prove it stuff and it, for a lot of young guys looking for that massive second contract. And a lot of these guys too are also banking on the collective bargaining agreement going up or the, the, the salary cap going up with right. respect to the collective bargaining agreement. So that one year deal now is like, okay, you know, I could take one year and X amount of millions of dollars to, to prove it because, you know, the timing, just my timing is poor. You know, I just, I wasn't a free agent under the new CBA. I'm a free agent now. So, you know what, I'll take a cheap deal now or a, a one-year deal now, a shorter deal, and then play, you know, as best as I can for a season and hopefully be able to cash in more as opposed to now. So I see the incentive for it, you know, in Andrew Barry's perspective is, is there's a lot to, there's a lot to, to, to cash in on if, if you get a really good year out of a lot of guys looking to have a really good year. Um, you know, I heard a, a guy for PFF pro football focus a couple weeks ago. I think he was on with John and Neil, um, in the episode I heard, and it's, it, you, you gotta have elite talent at the premier positions and then everywhere else you just have to be average. And, you know, we have a, an elite pass rusher in miles Garrett. We have an elite cor- We have two elite corners in Denzel Ward and greedy Williams. Well, hopefully greedy Williams, um, on the defensive sure. side of the ball, um, you have an, uh, an elite interior defensive lineman and Sheldon Richardson. Um, the, the safety position still, you know, in flux, but the, he, basically he said the rest of the, those positions on the field need to just play average. So if you can get average players that are, are, and especially guys that are playing for contracts, I think, I think you put right. yourself in a good position. And before I, you know, offend anybody at this point, it's, I don't don't care about three years from now. Like we care about next year. So it's, it's, if you're going to complain about a one-year contract, you're, you're completely missing the point because Andrew Barry wants to win. The fan base wants to win. The team wants to win. Like who cares if you're not signing a guy for three, four-year contracts, if they can play really well in that one year that you have them. So Absolutely. I, I, I really like what I, they're doing. I agree. Granted, I don't know a lot of these names and, and that's kind of what you hinted at, but I, I, you know, Jack Conklin on the offensive line and, and I don't even, I don't think we were able to talk about the, the, we did, we, we talked about the fullback, right? Yeah. Jan, Janovich. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Absolutely. I mean, Janovich and Case Keenum yep. and Jack Conklin and Austin Hooper. And, I mean, they made moves. Like it's not like they didn't make great moves. And and there's a thing called the draft that's going to happen. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. A couple of I've I've looked into it a couple times. There's a couple of times. Yeah, so there's there's a thing where where we're allowed to get college (laughs) players, and it's it's pretty cool. (laughs) So, so (laughs) I know we have we have a long way to go, and um, so yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm not upset with any of the moves. I'm happy with everything so far. I'm cool with it, and um, uh. At this point in time, I just I hope they hold the draft still because I don't think it. I mean, I know people aren't getting to do pro days and stuff, but with technology today, you can have endless amount of interviews with these people, essentially face to face, you know, screen to screen, if you will. So I hope amongst all that that and then they can still hold the draft. Of course, it just won't be held in person as we're used to. Uh, it's going to be just watching players' reaction at home, which seems like is more and more the way exactly, that they go yeah, anyway. That's a good point. Uh, so, 
yeah, I mean, uh, the, so many big names we see that they don't, they elect not to go to the draft uh, as it is. So uh, we'll see. I just, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a selfish side of me that says I hope they do it just because I want the excitement of sitting down and, and enjoying the draft for a couple of nights and soaking in some sports uh, in, in a live type setting, even though it's not actual sports. But we all know that, you know, and I hate saying it, but when it comes to the draft, we here in Cleveland tend to pay a lot of attention to it for reasons we all know why. And that's its own argument, its own conversation in its own right. But uh, yeah, I'm happy with everything that's happened so far Uh, at this point. I'm just, I wish I could be distracted by watching, uh, you know, baseball and, you know, some NBA stuff and and all. I wish I could be, we could be talking about that. So um, nonetheless, I digress from that. But um, other than that, you know, really there's no other sports talk to be had. So I guess we have to dig into it at least a little bit each time. If, anything of significance happens uh we don't have a choice so um let me ask you this random question dunkin donuts Dunkin Donuts. oh absolutely i'm so on on par with that right there i I don't need to pay seven dollars for a cup of coffee (laughs) but if you only paid three dollars is it even coffee (laughs) i don't know man i got i got my coffee at home the the folgers the the whatever bin that it comes in for like nine bucks and it lasts me like two, three months. <laughs> like that is, that is that is that Monday and Tuesday for most nine to fivers that, that go into offices. Like if you can't have coffee at home, then yeah. you're just throwing money away. Yeah. I, I typically do the same thing, but I'm too lazy though. Half the time I buy just the, the Keurig things cause I'm lazy, but, um, I don't drink it that often anyway. It's not a daily occurrence for me. I just, I just had to ask that. And it's only because I came across an argument about it because everyone needs something to argue about right now. (laughs) We can't argue about sports. So uh, (laughs) I of course saw the argument and I'm like, let me dive into this thing. This looks great. Oh, so so here, you know, you start tweeting about that. I'm glad you mentioned that because you, uh, you texted this the other day and I don't think we had the conversation. Um, you're gonna have to remind me because I'm drawing a blank. But but you you oh okay um Josh Cribs. Oh, that's right. We forgot to talk about the Josh Cribs thing. I'm so glad you just because I did not when that came up. I was nowhere yeah. near somewhere to write that down. And typically, I do actually put it in my phone in my little my little notes section where I keep topics to talk about. Anyway, uh, now that we've bored everyone with why we want to bring up Josh Cribs, it just came up that how I came across it was. Uh, again, watching old highlights, and the one highlight came up of when he returned the hundred yard when he, kick when off he dropped it at Steelers. Uh, yeah, when he dropped it and rolled into right to the goal line, he picked it up and ran it back. Of course, we as Browns fans all remember it. It was amazing. Um, so that just got it, that happened, and then I, I went down the rabbit hole and I started watching all kinds of highlights, and that's why I texted you, "Hey, I think we forget how good Josh Cripps was," and. Your text back to me after a couple exchanges, the, just really the bones of it was, eh, Josh Cribbs was kind of a regular guy, but he was good at returning stuff. So I, I, sure. I'll give yeah, my go ahead, please. real quick. So, so, so Josh Cribbs, yes, is, I mean, maybe the greatest return man of all time. I mean, to me, the only person who's even going to rival him, of course, is Devin what's Hester. his face from the Bears. 
Devin Hester, thank you. And I know a lot of people, if you tried to have this conversation with people outside of Cleveland, would just say Devin Hester was better. But that's also because the Bears were good then, and everybody saw way more Devin Hester than they saw of Josh Cribbs. Because we had one good player on our team, and it was Josh Cribbs. Uh, and the reason why I give him more credit than just being a good return guy was, you're right, was he just a, kind of a regular NFL player? Yeah, kind of. I actually would probably agree with that. But this was a guy who didn't even get drafted over the years, made himself into a player that one franchise tried to put all of their hopes and dreams on. I mean, the guy was returning punts. He was returning kickoffs. He was lining up at wide receiver. He was lining up at running back. He was lining up at quarterback because we had no skill position players. So he was, it almost seemed as though if he didn't have the ball in his hands, we just didn't get any yards. And I know that's not accurate, but my memory almost sees it that way. Kind of like how people remember Michael Jordan never missing a <laughs> shot, right? When you have that. And they're obviously wrong, but I almost feel like without Josh Cribbs, you know, I mean, I know we had what Jerome Harrison, right? Uh, running back. He was exciting there for a couple seasons. And, but man, Josh Cribbs was asked to literally do everything. Uh, and again, he, I think, raised his level of play to somewhere it probably never would have got if he played for like a powerhouse team. You wouldn't even know the guy's name, but everybody knows Josh Cribbs, uh, even outside of Cleveland that pays any attention to football. And I think that he get, deserves all. I don't think he gets enough of the credit and I think he deserves probably even more credit than he gets for how good uh, it's just another breaking uh, Indian story here. Corey Kluber smiled on the mound. <laughs> oh, well, see, that's how you. That's how I. And now it. he's and now he's thing. walking off the mound as if like yeah, nothing happened. It's just like his dog died. Like just <laughs> anyway, yes. Anyway, smug. Um, so, so all your points on that are absolutely one hundred percent correct. Like Josh Cribbs outplayed everybody's expectations. Um, he he did everything he could to help the Browns win, and the fact is that the other ten guys on the field, or nine guys minus Joe Thomas at the time, like the other nine guys on the field were not very good for for the most part. Um, yeah, but you could throw Alex Mack in there maybe, and 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 kind of make that point. But regardless, like he had to have the ball in order to make things happen. I, I remember that well. I understand that. Where it and and he was an electric returner. He really was because I always I always appreciated his return returning ability because he had the athleticism of a wide receiver and the speed of a wide receiver. He had the physicality of a running back and he had the field vision of a quarterback because he was a quarterback at Kent State. And that's the other that's the other thing that wraps us right. all in is that even though he's from the Washington D.C. area originally, he is a local ish guy, quote unquote. You know, a, a guy coming out of Kent right. State, like, like, just imagine if Julian Edelman had been a Cleveland Brown, like, the entire world would have exploded, in, in Cle, because he was a Kent <laughs> State guy, but he was from California, so it was like, it was such a, an odd dynamic in that sense. But, but I digress. Um, so you know, Josh Kirk was the lovable guy just because he went to college down the road, and and he was an unrestricted or undrafted free agent signing by the Browns. And it's like, Hey, well, he's going to be a special teamer and he's going to work. And you know what? Like I will give all the, all the credit in the world to the guy for working his ass up to, to get to where he was. Cause he had to be a, he had to be a team guy in order to make the roster. Like 
whatever they needed. It's like, okay, Josh, do this. Okay, gotcha. I'm going to do it 110% and I'm going to get the job. And he did that so well that he put himself in position to get the ball on direct snaps and to play wide receiver and to play running back and, and to get more return opportunities. So I have all the respect in the world for the guy. I just think that in classic Cleveland fashion, we romanticize it because it was all we had to look forward to. Like the, on Sundays, it was like we could watch uh, Phil Dawson kick field goals or watch Josh Cribbs return punts. Like, like that was the, that was the better part of like a four year stretch. Like that was our excitement level. So that was so the I'm game. On a very just broad pers- perspective of the situations, like Josh Cribbs did everything <laughs> well. He did everything he needed to do to be an NFL football player, and he did it well. And he might be one of the greatest return guys in history. No arguments there. But other than that, I think like the way we say it, he's just a jag. He's just another guy. Like just he he played the positions that he was asked to play. He did it well, and he made sure that he stayed on a roster. And and the fact is that the talent disparity around him was so poor that he had more opportunities to flash than others. That's just my he did. He, and he did. took he advantage did. of those. And, and and I don't like disagreeing with that, but or disagreeing with the the, you know how good of a player he because he was a good player. It just I think that you know Cleveland takes it up a little bit when uh, when they have nothing else to be excited about. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that that of course that holds true for I mean the list goes on and on for that, and you know I, I would be kicked out of the city when people hear it, but I mean quite honestly, I mean I. I Bernie Kozar probably falls into that, you know, uh, Bernie Kozar's, I don't know, borderline my favorite Brown ever. And I absolutely love the guy, but you know, I think a lot of people would, I, I, especially people who were really older than I was in that day, who were, you know, probably more into like their late twenties and thirties who were really in their heyday of watching the Browns. Um, you know, I was young, but I think if you you try to talk to them, they try to argue with you that like he's better or just as good as like John Elway, for example. And that has to do with, you know, that I guess it just plays into your storyline of what you just said that, you know, we we just hold these people near and dear to our heart. And uh, it probably causes us to maybe raise them to a level that is not totally. I mean, the Bernie Kosar example, I, I, I was a little bit too young to really understand it from a, you know, the perspective I have now, but I also have heard a lot of amazing things about the guy. So, I mean, perspective that I have is, is from others' viewpoints and others that are smarter than me and, and know that era well. So I trust that their, that, you know, their judgment is, is sound, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. It's, it's, we do hold a lot of people to a higher level than, uh, than maybe they should. And, and I mean, how many, how many times in, in LeBron's first era of Cleveland Cavaliers basketball did we say, like, this guy is the next number two? Like, this is the next Scottie Pippen, you know, to, to LeBron's Michael Jordan. Like, right. how often do we say that? And then, we, you know, Larry Hughes and Mo Williams come along. It's like, eh. So, I mean, we do, <laughs> we do kind of get into our own heads about the excitement level. But, you know, I guess that's why we're called fanatics. 
and say that's why we're fans. I mean, that's and I'm not we, saying like you're why you're we do what wrong we do. It's why we're Josh Cribb's opinion by any stretch. You might have a lot of people on your side, and you probably do. I'm just you know, my, I was just like, yeah, yeah, he, he was a great return guy, man. It was exciting to watch, and and unfortunately, that part of the game doesn't really exist much anymore. So you just you, you don't yeah, really, really, really have anybody to get excited about on that level, except for maybe a couple guys in the NFL now. And yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, we just, just some, it is a shame that that part like of the in, game in the Browns well, history alone. And, and I don't mean to like go down a, a, a rabbit hole there, but I mean, we've had great returners like Josh Cribbs and, and uh, uh, Travis Benjamin and Eric Metcalf. Um, Dennis Northcutt was there. I mean, we we've had some some return guys in our history that have been pretty electric, and I mean that's just not even a part of the game anymore. Yeah, it's weird, and I, and I don't like it, but you know, I try to adapt to change anyway, and that's where we're at. Um, but anyway, enough of our uh, Bernie Kozar, uh, Josh Cribbs takes. I mean, we're at this point we are digging deep in the well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I guess at that point I'd ask, do you have anything else you'd like to add, question, discuss, uh, whatever, anything at all before we wrap um, it up and head just, down the road for another Just a little week? bit of, uh, uh, advice, like during this whole, uh, coronavirus thing. Um, I understand people are a little bit wary of, of human contact if and when they do go out. Um, but if you're in a, a situation where you're, being introduced to another human being and you're in the, and you're in the same distance, you're six feet apart, of course, obviously. Um, don't try to be funny about how to like engage that person. And I say that just because last weekend I was fortunate enough to spend a few days with some family uh, at the beach. And I wanted to bring this up before we we're done. Um, before we're done. Uh, so sure, no we're having a little, a, a small group of friends over, um, this was before this whole, uh, uh, stay at your house thing was added in North Carolina. Um, they had a little, little party for, for some friends and they're like, John, this is so-and-so. I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, and your natural instinct in that moment in time is to extend your hand for a handshake. Sure. Cause we've I, only been doing it. Right. For, so my you know, natural instinct life. was I stuck my hand out. <laughs> And then everybody had that awkward, like, eh, don't, eh, can't touch hands. And it, that made it even more uncomfortable. And then the guy stuck out his elbow, like, hey, bump elbows. And I'm like, is this really happening? So, I did you did, bump his elbow? Just because I didn't know what else to do. I wanted the situation to be over. I, yeah, I, I mean, I suppose at that point it's just conform so, so I can just get the, the hell out the of here. piece of advice I want to give is, is sort of don't make it more uncomfortable than it might already be. And at that point, like, this guy's <laughs> in the same place that I am. It, whatever situation we're in, like, the damage has been done. Regardless of, of whose fault right. it is at that point. We're within the same room of a building. The damage is done. If, if I shake your hand or if we don't even like touch like human parts, like it's, it doesn't matter. The fact that you had to make it that awkward right. moment. 
So just, just, you know, understand the circumstances, I guess, and don't make it more obvious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't, don't go for the, uh, don't go for the elbow. Hello. Let's leave that one in your pocket. Let's just not even go to the elbow tap. I'm not even sure what would cause and that I, to happen. It also uh, just, just one last thing. And, and this will, I wish I'd have brought it up when you brought up your two pounds of Mac and cheese meal. Um, but you know, we might in the, in the coming weeks, knock on wood, we'll get through this and, and the, the coronavirus will be gone forever, hopefully. Um, but the way I see people behaving during this, uh, stay at home period of time might have a lot, a large increase in cases of diabetes in this country. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling I'm you, trying what. to make light of the situation, but there's a lot of people that just keep eating. <laughs> a lot of there's a lot no of food and a lot of alcohol done... being consumed in the United States these days, and I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, and look, I put myself on. I, I set a rule because I got on the scale Tuesday. I'm sorry, Tuesday. I got on the scale Sunday evening. Right before bed, I said, let me see what kind of situation I'm in since I spent one whole week of just going ham on everything in my house. I got on the scale Tuesday evening and I said, or Sunday <laughs> evening, and I said, that's it. I said, that I'm drawing a line in the sand and it starts today. So I was t- starting Monday. So it was Monday all the way through tomorrow because even when I am trying to eat well in any circumstance, even when we're not in this horrible situation we're in, uh, the weekends, I pretty much are. I that's a good. Those, that's okay? a great I, word for it. The weekends. Yeah, I I freelance around a diet, if for lack of a better term. Even though I don't like the term diet, but I freelance on the weekends. I kind of do whatever I want, and then come back Monday. I try. So I figure, hey, if I'm doing good four or five days out of seven, look, man. I mean, I'm doing. I'm like 80 percent. I'm doing pretty good. So, uh, I, I set the rules starting Monday morning. So here we are, Thursday night. Uh, I've already had dinner, obviously. I mean, not that anyone knows when I listen to this, but it's 930 at night right now. So I had dinner hours hours ago. I have crushed my diet. Again, I'll use the term. I followed it to a T. I have not eaten one thing that's bad for me there you since go. a good Sunday job afternoon. You. Killed it. I, 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 I killed I'm super proud of myself. And tomorrow, I'll probably be good morning, afternoon. But then once it comes, you know, Friday evening and the lovely and talented Jen Felix gets off of work. It's probably going to be open season. I'm going to start freelancing. <laughs> so, uh, but nonetheless, I'm very proud of myself that I held it together, uh, being trapped in my house, uh, trying to remain busy, you know, doing work stuff, doing some home stuff, anything I do to keep my mind off it. And I succeeded all the way through. And I'm going to make it to what I consider the weekend, which is when that's, a, is that's a good job. Buddy. Thank you. Thank you very keep much. Up, keep up the good work. Thank you very much, everyone. So uh, I'm very proud. Uh, so it can be done, people. It can be done. But what can also be done is you can eat an entire family-sized box of macaroni or you, and cheese. Or you, you can want. eat two so, burgers and two brats in, in a single sitting. and Just because it's opening day. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's opening day. Whether it happened or not, it's opening day. Um, well, good. Well, with that, we'll, uh, we'll turn it loose here. We'll hop off. Um, Everyone, as always, stay safe out there. Uh, you know, listen, do what, we, do what we're supposed to be doing. Let's try to get through this so 
sooner rather than later, we can get back to talking about the things we'd like to talk about most, which is sports. Um, you know, we're going to get John up here and we're going to tear this thing wide open. So let's just get to where we can talk about the stuff that we love, which is uh, the Cleveland sports that we are Absolutely. so fanatical about. So till the next time, John, you take care of yourself mm-hmm. down there. Obviously we'll be talking uh, everyone else out there. Uh, keep your social distancing up, be good, stay safe. And uh, we will see you next time. And as always, don't look down on someone unless you're helping them up at this point though. Don't help them with your hands hands. or your elbow. (laughs) Y'all take care. (laughs) Wash your hands. We'll see y'all next time. Be good.